are getting ready to kick off a, a two-week uh, message series that I'll get into in just a second. But I, I just wanted to pause for a quick moment and just acknowledge the fact that I think we're all excited to see the progress that's being made, the reports that have come, come out from the CDC, and we're following all those things. Um, and so we are trying to uh, move forward in strength, understanding that, that people are getting vaccinated. Some are choosing not to, but the CDC is allowing uh, some flexibility and some of the mask wearing. And so understand that we will have some communication for you in the coming days that will give you a very uh, consistent look at what we're going to be doing. We do ask as you're milling around uh, just to be uh, wearing your masks and, and social distancing, but as the CDC provides more and more information on the mask wearing, we understand that as you, you sit down, if you want to drop your mask down, that's okay. Um, so we're just taking every step we can to be smart and to be wise and to follow the guidelines that we have. And so thank you for your, your help and your support in that, and we'll have more information as we go. But we do also understand that there are many that are still struggling through this season. And uh, this, this pandemic and this, and this uh, season has touched many, many people. And uh, so we do have people who are uh, struggling through sickness right now. We do have people who are hospitalized. Specifically this morning, some of you may or may not know that Mary Beasley um, is currently hospitalized and needs a touch of God. Uh, she needs a divine, divine touch from, from the Lord. And so I want to just pause this morning to pray for those who have been impacted uh, by the sickness and the disease and just ask that God would continue uh, to touch people and minister to people um, in a very real way. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you uh, that you are the God who heals. You are Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. And we thank you, Father, that you know us, God. You desire us to be well and to be whole and to be able to live our lives abundantly. And so, Father, we, we lift those to you today who have been impacted by this pandemic. We lift those who are struggling through colds and uh, through COVID and through different things. And, and God, we know that you can bring the healing touch that those people need. Uh, people who are, are, are struggling through cancer diagnoses and, 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 and treatments that they need. Father, we ask that you would bring your supernatural healing power and God, we lift Mary to you this morning as she lays in that hospital bed and asks that you would bring a divine healing, uh, Lord, that you bring strength and wholeness back to her body. And we thank you, Father, that we can call on you in our times of need, and you're faithful uh, to meet us at that place of need. So God, we, we lift all these to you, and we agree for your healing touch in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for your prayers for those. Uh, who are in need. You know, this morning we are, are kicking off a, a, just a two-week focus, a, a quick focus on what it means to be called by God. What it means to be called by God. You know, there's been much that has been made in the church over the years of this idea of being called. And it's often a, a very misconstrued word. It's, it's oftentimes... Um, something that people look at and, 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 and look at as, as a term that kind of excludes people. And it's an exclusionary term of, well, those people who are called, you know, those pastor type and those missionary type, those people who are called by God to minister, those are the special and the important people in the kingdom of God. 
And we often look at this idea of being called and we say, well, it's them but not me. It's that person. It's Pastor Dan. It's Pastor Matt. It's this missionary or that. But that's not me. I'm not called. There's nothing special about me. And we've allowed this misunderstanding of what it means to be called to exclude people from God's plan and purpose for their lives. And we've allowed it to push us back from what God is desiring to do in and through us. And so for the next couple of weeks, I want to unpack this all too confusing conversation of what it means to truly be called. You know, it's very likely that each and every one of us has had that burning desire to simply understand and know why we were placed on this earth. We come to that place of going, God, I know that wasn't an accident. I know that I was not just kind of birthed into existence just to this. But sometimes we struggle to really understand what our purpose is. And that has a tendency to take away from the joy of living for Jesus on a day-in and day-out basis. You know, understanding and embracing God's plan and purpose for your life is truly the beginning of living life with purpose on purpose. It's the beginning of living with purposeful direction. You know, this morning, I want everybody just to stand to your feet. We're going to do something a little different. We're going to get... We're going to get loose. I'm not going to ask you to do any calisthenics, so don't worry about that. But today, I want to speak to every one of you. Those who know they were created for something significant, something important. Those of you who want to make a difference in the world or in your sphere of influence. You know that God has created you for something bigger than yourself something that will matter far after your time on this earth. And yet, you're just not sure what that something is. I believe God has called each and every one of us, and yet naturally the questions become, to what? How do I know what I'm called to do? Where do I start? So this morning as we open the Word of God and begin to be encouraged, and the calling God has placed on our lives. Would you read with me out of our text in Ephesians 4, verse 1. It says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you that you've called each and every one of us to a purpose. You have called us to your purpose and your plan and your desire is to use us for your glory. So we ask God today that you would open our hearts to the truth of your word to understand that each of us has value. Each of us has a purpose. Father, that you would reveal that calling that you've placed on our lives uniquely so that we can reach people for you. God, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your word. I thank you for speaking to us today. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. 
You know, depending on your perspective, this particular verse may discourage you. Because the first thing that Paul says is, I, a prisoner. Woo! Hey! I'm writing to you from prison. Be encouraged. And too often that may be where we find ourselves when we think about our purpose and what God is calling us to do. I'm in prison, gosh darn it. And it stinks. But that's not what Paul is trying to tell us. He's saying, in the midst of the hardships, be encouraged. Because God has called you. God has called you. And this should come to us as an encouragement. It should build our faith to understand that you have been called by God. He's called you. He's called me. And he's calling us to live a life worthy of our calling. You know, if you don't hear anything else, hear what Paul is saying. You have been called by God. That's cause for celebration. I don't know about you, but that deserves some, some elbow bumps or maybe a, a little, little air high five. Because that means that each of us has value. That means that God is desiring to use us for his purpose. Know that you're created for a reason. None of us is an accident. Paul says you have an eternal purpose and in God, a divine destiny. That's kind of a big deal. That means no matter what, no matter where you find yourself in life, God has a destiny for you. No matter how much you earn, no matter what brand of, of purse you carry, no matter what kind of car you drive, no matter the size of your house or the places that you vacation to, no matter how, in, how many Instagram followers you have, because that makes you super special and very accomplished in life, no matter what, God has a plan and a purpose. And our hunger should not be for more success or more notoriety. Instead, we should desire significance in God's plan, in God's purpose for our lives. Today's message is entitled, Is God Calling Me? We live in a world of instant influence and, and followers and TikToks and famous, you know, you, you, you gain notoriety through something you do with your phone. I will say, um, I'm convinced that TikTok was created with the sole purpose of making moms and dads look like idiots. And I have made a vow to myself that every time that my daughter asks me to be part of her TikTok, that the answer will be no. Because I know how these things work. It never goes away. Yeah, those are the videos that come back to haunt you. So no, I will not be a part of your TikTok, just so we're clear. So please don't ask. But we live in a life of influencers and online presence and 
mobile devices. And so it's important that we come back to an understanding of what calling truly means. The root, word, the root Greek word of, of calling is one of the most significant words in the New Testament text. It's the word kaleo. And it's the root of about 16 other significant words in the New Testament. And kaleo literally means to call. It's the root word of, of words like kalesis, which means calling, kletos, which means called, paraclete, which represents the Holy Spirit, the comforter, parakletos, the advocate or the intercessor, and ecclesia, the assembly of believers, the church, literally the, the called out ones. And when we're talking about this idea of calling, that's the word that we're talking about. To be called, to be called out. But if we're called by God, what if we miss our calling? If we're all called, what if we miss it? What if we go through life and we take a wrong turn? Talk about going down the rabbit hole. If you start to look at being called and you think, maybe I missed it, I, I, I took a wrong turn, I made a wrong decision, that rabbit hole can get pretty deep pretty quick. Oh, I should have gone to this school and I would have met another girl and then I probably would have gone this direction and that direction, I would have gotten this great job. And You can see the flow chart just starts going crazy on you. So the question often becomes, what am I called to do? All too often we focus on what we're called to do. To really answer that question, though, we must first embrace these realities. Calling is about who you are before what you do. Your calling is more about who you are than it is what you do. It's the who before the do. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9 says, For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time, to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. So what are we called to? Pastor? a mission field, a teacher, a veterinarian? What are we called to do? Because the reality is calling is as much about who you are becoming as it is what you are doing. Our calling is not just dictated by what we do day in and day out. Because that can sometimes get a little short-sighted. The Bible tells us we're, we're, we're holy, we're set apart to be different than the world. So the natural question becomes, do we live different than the world? Do we live our lives in such a way where somebody goes, there's something different about you and I can't put my finger on it. But you don't respond the same way when you face adversity. You don't lash out at people 
when they upset you. I just did something to hurt you deeply, and yet here you are forgiving me. Why is that? Why is it that we have this desperate desire to blend into the world? We want to go through life not really ruffling anybody's feathers. We want to go through our workplace not really setting anybody off to the fact that we are followers of Jesus. Because God forbid they might ask us about our faith. The Bible never speaks of calling as a career. You won't find it anywhere in here. So if you think you're not called because you're not a career missionary or a vocational pastor, you've missed the whole idea of what it means to be called. It's the who before you do. So we have to ask ourselves, what am I called to do? Not what am I called to do, but more, who am I called to become? Because too often we focus on the do before the who. All the youth just said, he just said, do, do, do. If calling is only about the do, then life becomes confusing. Because it becomes a series of roller coasters up and down and this and that. And everything is predicated on the identity of what I do. And if that's taken away, I don't know who I am anymore. How many in here think I'm called to preach? Okay, there's like two of you, so I guess. I'm just going to. Man, that was a little bit humbling. Maybe I won't ask that question in the second service. (laughs) I believe that God called me to ministry. And yet, it's a do. Yes, absolutely. But I'm also called to be a husband to Gretchen. I'm also called to be a father to Elijah, Micah, and Leah. You know, when I was at Horizon Christian, Gretchen used to ask me why I was so stoic. I was like, stoic? I don't think I've ever been categorized as stoic. But when I was in the role of head of school, I kind of changed my my vibe a little bit, and I think the, the students were all scared spitless of me, which was kind of funny to me. There were times I would bring that administrator, Dan, home. I'd try and head, head a school my kids, you know, or head a school my wife. That, that one didn't work very well. But I can tell you right now, if, if you blur the lines, and if I begin pastoring Gretchen and the kids, there's a very good chance that Gretchen might punch me in the face and break my nose again. you imagine? Kids, I've noticed that you have not been living your lives in a way that is pleasing to the Lord. Why don't you all kneel down and we're going to have a little altar call. 
No, it's just not how it's meant to be done. And yet, tend to blur the lines of what it means to be called. Called to preach, yes, but more than preach, Paul is saying we're called to a holy life. We're called to look different. We're called to be true followers of Jesus. Called to be a pastor is the do. But living faithfully for Jesus, that's the who. You know, I could be a great pastor, great preacher, neglect and abuse my family. I don't think that's God's will. I don't think that's a good representation of who God has called me to be. So we've got to understand that calling is about who you are before it's about what you do. The second thing is this. Calling isn't about something important you do in the future. It's about your faithfulness to Jesus today. Because too often we get our sights set on something out in the distance and we miss those opportunities we have to follow Jesus today, to do what he's called us to do today. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17 says, And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Whatever you do, do it as unto Christ. No matter what. Mowing the lawn, yes, do it as unto Christ. Washing the car, yes, do it as unto Christ. Cleaning up the cat box, I don't do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Draw the line somewhere. But if I did, I'd do it as unto Christ. But whatever it is we do, we're called to be faithful. And too often we get so focused on our hopes and our dreams for the future, and we don't recognize our need to live in God's purpose today. We lose sight of what God is doing in the now. There's a couple examples of this with Jesus' disciples found in the New Testament. In Mark chapter 10, if you recall, the brothers James and John make a request of Jesus. They're walking along with him, and they say to him, hey, when you go to your kingdom, your throne in glory, we want to sit on your right and your left. We want to be your main men. We want to be your guys. And if you remember, Jesus looks at them and says, if you want to be a leader, you must first be a servant. And if you want to be first, you need to be last. Of course, that was probably not exactly what they wanted to hear. But Jesus was very clear. You need to serve people the way that I'm serving people. You need to be willing to humble yourself to be used of God. And then in Mark chapter 11, Jesus and the disciples are approaching Jerusalem, the triumphal entry. It's getting ready to come in to the, the acclaim of everyone. The palm branches are being cut and everything's getting ready. And you could just imagine the disciples are pumped. We're going back to Jerusalem. This is going to be awesome. 
We're with Jesus. We got the t-shirts printed. We're with Jesus. It's all ready to go. Guys, this is going to be great. And all this time with Jesus is finally culminating into this big moment. Just imagine. It's going to be huge. In Mark chapter 11, verse 1, it says, As Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the towns of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. And Jesus sent two of them on ahead. So here we go. Here we, they're, they're, they're getting ready to come into Jerusalem. They're, they're getting all the preparations are being made. And Jesus takes two of them and sends them on ahead. Don't you... Don't you you secretly think it was probably James and John. Mark doesn't tell us who it was. But don't you just think after this little interaction that Jesus had that I bet you it was James and John. It's got to be James and John. You know, Jesus liked to test people, so maybe it was James and John. And Jesus has an important task for them. They're getting ready to go into Jerusalem. He's got to get every, everything's got to be perfect. Jesus has got to important task? Is it going to be to heal some people, to go and cast out some demons, get a few more miracles in right before they go into Jerusalem so they can be like, hey, hey, just so you know, on our way in here, yeah, 17 people were healed. It was awesome. What does Mark chapter 11 verse 2 says? Jesus says, go into that village over there. As soon as you enter it, you'll see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks what you're doing, just say the Lord needs it and will return soon. Healing. Casting out, wait, what? You want us to go get a donkey? That, that, that's, the, that's the important, that's the, what, what? They left everything to follow Jesus. They gave up their livelihoods. They gave up everything. And Jesus is like, hey, need you go get the donkey. Because when we're called, we're called to glory and fame and recognition and clout, right? We're not called to donkey duty. Who wants donkey duty? You know what donkeys do? Nobody, nobody wants donkey duty. And yet, Jesus is saying, your calling is to be faithful. It's not to think about all the things that could happen in the future, and we want to sit on your right, and we want to sit on your left, and we want to be, we want to be those important people in glory. Jesus is saying, no, I need you to be faithful right now. That's the truest interpretation of a follower of Jesus. So we can't get too wrapped up in what we do, but more of who we are in Christ. And we need to know that our calling isn't about what we do in the future. It's about our faithfulness to Jesus today. The final thought is this. The size of your assignment never determines the significance of your impact. The size of your assignment never determines the significance of your impact. 
when it comes to walking with Jesus. You know, for whatever reason, we have a natural tendency to look at the do to evaluate our effectiveness in God's kingdom. But God's desire is who you are in him. Not just what you do in his name. And we see it throughout scripture, right? The shepherd boy named David, literally forgotten. Samuel had to ask after he'd gone through all the sons, do you not have any other sons? Oh, yeah, 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 we got this. Yeah, David, he's, he's out there in the, the field. Um, you don't want him, though. He says, shepherd. No, no, go get him, please. And yet David shows up in a big way. Small stone took out a larger-than-life giant. And God's favor was on David as he was faithful to what God was calling him to do. And there's the little boy who gives up his, his little Lunchable, his little, you know, five loaves and two fish. And all the disciples are like, well, what, what are we going to do with that? Are we going to have a meal? Because that's great, because I'm hungry. I'm hangry, actually. Send all these people away. But Jesus wasn't focused on what they didn't have, only what they did. And he multiplies five loaves and two fish. 5,000 people and all their family food were fed with 12 baskets left over. You know, whatever it is God is calling us to do will strengthen who we are in him. Donkey duty? <laughs> it allowed Jesus, the king of kings, to ride in as a humble servant, not as the hail the conquering hero. Disciples had to do donkey duty so that Jesus could fulfill the prophecy. And two disciples delivered the donkey that carried Jesus to his calling. You understand that God has called you and me to something and to be the kind of followers of Christ who lead people to him? When we step into that calling, People notice who Jesus is. But finding your calling can be challenging and confusing at times. The reality is we're called to be faithful to Jesus' call. We're called to be the who. We're called to be faithful to him. We don't have to get too wrapped up in finding our calling. God has a way of allowing your calling to find you. We may want this, and we may want to do that, and, oh, if, if I could just have this kind of a role, if God would just give me the, the talent to speak, God would call me to the mission field, if, you know, if I could be impactful like so-and-so or this person or that, my business could be more successful. Yet God has a way of bringing your calling to you when you're faithful to him each and every day. So whatever God has you do today, you can do it with all your heart to his glory because that's what we've been called to. Be a good friend. Listen. Give that gift of time 
be willing to sit and be that, that emotional reservoir that people pour out into because they just can't push on. Be willing to stop your day. Be willing to forego that lunch meeting to connect with somebody. Love your spouse when it's difficult. Here's a practical one. You want to be faithful to Jesus? Love your spouse when it's hard. Love your kids when they're not that easy to love, which almost never happens. Do something with no expectation of receiving credit. If the only reason why we do things is so that people will notice, don't we have to kind of question our motives? Newsflash, when you do things selflessly, people notice because it's kind of unnatural. So we don't have to wear T-shirts and be like, you know, check me out. See this? I love Jesus. Now, if you love Jesus, loves you, brand T-shirts like my daughter does, wear them by all means. But we have to understand that the who should proceed the do. Embrace the calling to raise your kids to know and love Jesus. Don't let anyone tell you you're not serving God's call and purpose. Nobody. God's calling is for you. His desire to use you is not predicated on what somebody else thinks. You know, I don't know about you, but when my time on this earth comes to a conclusion, my greatest desire is to stand before Jesus and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Not good and faithful leader, not good and faithful pastor, not good and faithful husband, not good and faithful dad. Well done, good and faithful servant. I gave you these things to do and you served me selflessly. You served me faithfully. And the significance of your impact will be seen far beyond your time on this earth. God is more concerned with who you are becoming than what you are doing. Whatever you do, even if it's donkey duty, crying out loud, do it all for the glory of God. And remember that we're not called to be important. We're called to be faithful. God has made you important because he called you. Now it's just up to us as to whether or not we're going to be faithful to his calling. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we thank you that you've called each and every one of us to your purpose. You've called us to live a life that is worthy of your calling, that you've set us apart to be holy. Will we ever do it perfectly? No, absolutely not. But we know that as you've called us to live our lives, that when we're faithful to your call, people will notice, and people will want to understand, and people will want to be a part. People will want to know you. 
So we ask, God, that you would help us to live a life worthy of your calling. We ask that you give us the strength to push past the noise of culture, to understand in the midst of all of it, we can do the things that will make an impact far beyond our time on this earth. That time spent with someone, that willingness to listen and encourage, that willingness to serve people with no expectation of anything in return. So, Father, we ask that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you would have us do. God, we want to be followers of Jesus, the who, before we ever get concerned about what we've been called to do. Help us this morning, Lord, we ask. We thank you, Jesus. This morning, if you're in this place and you have a desire to step into relationship with Jesus, you've never made that decision, you've never taken that step to say, God, I didn't realize it until today, but you have called me. You have a plan and a purpose for my life. I feel like I've just kind of been wandering through. But today I want to step into that purpose. I want to step into that plan. That's you this morning, and you, and you desire to commit your life to Jesus or to recommit your life to Jesus. I want to give you that opportunity. We say a prayer each and every week. It's a simple prayer. It's, my kids say it's too repetitive. I don't really care. Because Scripture tells us when we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that Christ died and was raised from the dead, we will be saved. It's as simple as that. It's an acknowledgement of our need of a Savior. Somebody to come and take the penalty of our sin and our decisions and our mistakes. So if that's you today, we're not going to ask for a show of hands. We're just going to bow our heads together as a church family. And we're going to say this prayer together. If you confess it with your mouth and you believe in your heart, The Bible says you will be saved. So this morning, can we say this prayer together? Father God, please forgive me. I've sinned and I've made a lot of mistakes. I believe your son, Jesus Christ, came to this earth to show me how to live. And he died and was raised back to life so that I could have a relationship with you. I ask you today to come into my heart and to be the Lord of my life. Change the things in me I can't change as I choose to live for you today. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, friends, I don't know what it is that you have been doing. Perhaps you've been chasing this elusive call that God placed on your life for a very long time. I'm here to tell you today that God is desiring that we would be faithful. And as we're faithful, he'll reveal the opportunities 
for us to step in to our due. So today, as we go out of this place, our prayer team is available to you. If you have a need, you have something you desire that our team, our prayer partners would agree with you in, um, please feel free to connect with them on your way out. But as we step into the calling that God has placed on our lives, let's not forget that he's called us first to walk with him daily. We love you. We pray that you have a wonderful week this week. And as we step into our call and we step into what God has called us to, let's remember each and every day and each and every moment to be the neighborhood. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. 